Well, the first thing I need to say is, I'm Rivi, and with me is... Adrian. Because I have been criticized for not properly introducing you, Adrian. <laughs> Who hasn't? I mean, Who honestly. hasn't? Adrian I took some criticism at this. Shul this week because I didn't introduce myself before giving the Dvar Torah. What I'm failing to leave out here is that I am Shul president and introduced myself a thousand times. It wasn't exactly a full house. Never like, enough. You know me, people. Never enough. But yes, here I am. I'm Adrian, and I'm thrilled to be here as I am every time we do this. And, you know, it's just important for us to know who you are. Of course. Adrian is many things, among them a poet. Yes. And on this podcast, the poetry expert. Absolutely. I would never call myself the Parsha expert. I am a student mm. of Parsha. We are all students of Parsha, and I think we are all students of poetry. I can buy that. Oh, great. Well, this so, is the Yom Kippur edition. This is the Yom Kippur edition. We have um, we have a, a, a sort of a hot take on Yom Kippur. I think with with what we're about to do, give us a little, give us a flavor, Rivi. Well, I'm kind of wondering what hot take means, but I'm going to move on because I'm old. You're young. <laughs> I think, like it's okay. a, <laughs> it's an unusual or unexpected ah, fine um, thinking on something, especially something that's been thought so many times, right? You know, like this is this is a day that looms large in our calendar. Hugely looms large and I have been honored to share words on Yom Kippur for a number of years in a row and and what's very funny I almost said Zayer which is Yiddish. Yes. What's very funny is that when I sit down to write and I don't go back and look what I've written before I actually rewrite the same words because you know what else is there to say well here's the thing everyone's dissertation is their autobiography oh. you're just writing your dissertation and your dissertation like everybody's is their autobiography which is really interesting and i just saw in uh, a advertisement or something that urges people to write an opinion piece for the new york times as if it will ever get run mm-hmm. but the line goes every opinion begins with a story and i actually like that very much i have been thinking a lot about storytelling lately. I mean, it's something I'm continually thinking about. I think storytelling is relational. I think storytelling is a way of connecting. I think storytelling is innate in our human condition. And I think storytelling features in the Jewish imagination probably more so than it does in other, in the sort of typical, what I might call the American imagination, because we have used stories to anchor ourselves between past and present. And what I was about to say about Yom Kippur is we have to wait until the afternoon until we get a story. It's true. It's we true. We are very patient. We are. We are rebuked in our readings of Yom Kippur. So, so many and times. And then we finally get, I'm going to say it, a whale of a tail. We... <laughs> We do. And speaking of the American experience, our our poem today is an American, it comes from an American writer who is very much part of the American literary experience. I mean, Moby Dick is part of the American canon. I think it's sometimes called the first great American novel, is it? I, I feel maybe? like yes. Yeah. I want to say yes. And I finally read Moby Dick a number of years ago. Yes. And I was... So thrilled to see that early, early, early on in the massive volume, yes. in the massive novel, um, our main character stumbles into a chapel or goes to chapel and the preacher is preaching the, 
the the story of Jonah. Yes. Because his audience is full of whalers and yes. wives of whalers. And it's a really um, compelling sermon, which could be recited every Yom Kippur. Yes. Yes. But what we didn't know was that Herman Melville, not only did he write A Whale of a Tale, a very large novel about a whale, he also wrote a poem about a whale. He did. Um, this is called the ribs and terror in the ribs and terrors in the whale. Um, I feel like I have to do a quick disclaimer. Please do. So I'm reminding everyone what we've been talking about is the Book of Yonah. Yes, I can't remember if I mentioned that or not. Yes, and he's we... swallowed by a big fish. Yes, and so a lot of people get very picayune and go, "Who said it's a whale?" Okay, sure, fine. The whale lives in our imagination. Exactly, and. We usually depict Yonah in a whale, and there's so much art around oh, Yonah in the whale. Oh, isn't there? There is. Yes. There's one even hanging in my kitchen right now, a little picture of Yonah the whale. Wow. Right. But let's go to the, pic- the let's poem. Let's go to the poem. This is called The Ribs and Terrors in the Whale by Herman Melville. The ribs and terrors in the whale arched over me a dismal gloom, while all God's sunlit waves rolled by and left me deepening down to doom. I saw the opening maw of hell with endless pains and sorrows there, which none but they feel they can tell. Oh, I was plunging to despair. In black distress I called my God when I could scarce believe him mine. He bowed his ear to my complaints. No more the whale did me confine. With speed he flew to my relief as on a radiant dolphin born. Awful yet bright as lightning shone, the face of my deliverer, God. My song forever shall record that terrible, that joyful hour. I give the glory to my God, his all the mercy and the power. Now, it could almost be said of this poem that it's a translation sure. of the Mizmore, the song that is captured in the book of Yonah, the mm-hmm. short book of Yonah, which has about 40 uh, verses mm-hmm. where it says, "Vayomer karati misara li el Hashem." I called to God in my distress. Um, it's really almost a, a translation mm-hmm. or a rewording of it. And the this experience of Yona in the whale is really almost the highlight of the book because it's the penitential part mm-hmm. of the book. Sure, and, and, and Yom Kippur is all about repenting. Mind you, the sailors have repented, the people of Nineveh have repented, the king of Nineveh has repented. The only one that hasn't repented by the end of the book is Yonah, except for the fact that he does seem to repent when he's inside the whale. Mm-hmm. And the question is, what does this repentance look like? What uh, does it look like? Well, taking a it's, look- I'm looking at the poem and I'm thinking through some of these lines um that's a lot of silence yes i i'm sorry (laughs) well it's okay so with speed so there there are a couple of things he bowed his ear to my complaints so that's the first Mm. indication Mm. in the poem and is it the middle of the poem rivi almost 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 the middle yeah no more the way so he really doesn't say anything until that line in the in the almost middle of the poem, I saw the opening maw of hell. Oh, I was plunging to despair when I could scarce believe him mine. He bowed his ear to my complaints. 
No more we don't get anything can... about his internal experience. Just like, I complained. Right, and now he's happy. No more the whale did me confined. Yes. The whale spits out Yona. With... I think one of the great pieces of reading Yona on Yom Kippur is that it ends with a question. It Nothing... There isn't a great resolution. Some of the discomforts around the book of Yonah, which, by the way, appear in the uh, Nevi'im section, the prophet sections of the Tanakh, mm-hmm. and it is one of the 12 books that's in Trey Asar because mm-hmm. it is a short, short book. And one of the, you know, the pieces, and why is it selected as a Haftarah? Is because look, friends, at the success of the Teshuvah of Nineveh. Well, P.S., uh, there are enemies. Yes. And some of the Midrash around it is they're going to repent and come and cause the exile of the ten tribes. And Yonah is, as a Jew, according to the Midrash, disturbed by that. Hmm. He does not want to aid and abet the repentance of the enemies yes. of the yeah, Jewish yeah, 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 people. Yeah. Yeah. While God's message is every human being is precious. Even... The cattle is precious. That's right. I, I love the last line. Even the cattle is precious. And so I ask, what's the big takeaway from the poem, from the book, and from the sermon? I love the sermon that's offered in Moby Dick by the preacher. Um, Shipmates, this book containing only four chapters, four yarns, is one of the smallest strands in the mighty cable of the scriptures. Isn't that what I just said? I said, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Yet, what depths of the soul does Jonah's deep sea line sound? I'm reading from Moby Dick, people. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. a pregnant lesson to us is in this prophet. What a noble thing is this tant- canticle in the fish's belly. People, if you haven't read Moby Dick, I'm asking you, I'm begging you all to go and read Moby Dick. Yes. And I love this unbelievable sermon. As with all sinners among men, the sin of this son of Amitai was in his willful disobedience of the command of God. Mm. Never mind now what the command was or how conveyed, which he found a hard command, but all things that God would have us do are hard for us to do. Bam. Mm. How's that? to take into our Yom Kippur. We all are humans. We don't love being told what to do. No. No. In fact, I believe I was suspended from Hill Academy High School once simply because the assistant principal said to me, come and stand here. And I said, no, come and stand here. No. I said, I'll stand anywhere in this hall, but I will not stand right there. And I was suspended. And my mother picked me up and we went home and had fun. That's precious. But I wouldn't stand there. No. We don't like being told what to do. And we don't like being told what to do when we don't understand the reason for it. Ah. Or if the reason is unclear. Or stupid. Or stupid. (laughs) Or, Or, yes. That is something that I think about all the time. If you want people to do something that you have asked them to do, they need to know why. They, it needs to feel valid. It needs to feel important and urgent. By the way, one of my most favorite sayings is around boats. Rivy quoting herself, let the record show. Yes. My favorite sayings is, I forget by who said it, but somebody, a, a writer, if you want people to build, help you build the boat the sailboat, don't give them the wood. Tell them why. 
I need that quote. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. We always have to say why. And so, do you think God, heaven forfend, strike me down? Was there a misstep here? You know, please, Yona, go and have them repent because I care about human beings was not said. It simply was. No, no. And so, Yona understands, I think that we know that tension in Yona. And are we standing there with that tension in Yom Kippur? I think so. God simply says to Yona, "Kum lech el gedola ukra aleha ki He's told go to Nineveh. Now he isn't told because everything they're doing doesn't seem good to me. Yes. And then he runs away, and then when he lands there again, he is then told specifically, "A cup of water has just spilled on floor." Podcast listeners. Um, but then comes the really the words of God. Yes. Once Yonah gets to the city, yes. he's told what to say. And he go and he's told uh, to say the following In forty days the city is going to be destroyed. And that I think is where we sit when we see with speed he flew to my relief. He knows this as he sat in the whale and he's told what he, you know, he's sitting with this as he's sitting in the whale and, and he is telling God is being, so hold on, let me back up. Now I'm flustered. So then we're told once he receives that message, then God speeds to his side and lets him out of the whale. It isn't until he's made to sit with the message that ah, he is led out. I see what you're saying, and this could very well be. And now I'm going to ask another question. Here we go. Mo, he write, um, Herman Milville writes this huge book. Yes. And just God, another pitch from Moby Dick. I, here's why I love the book. The book is so many things. So, yes. And to, in my mind, La Havdiel, to make an, a difference... I do think it's one of the most Bible-like novels. Oh my God, yes. And not just because it's so voluminous, but because there's a chapter in the middle that is just all about blubber. And Chris, <laughs> yes. I didn't, yes. I didn't know yes. about blubber until I read this book. Oh, really? Book and, and I didn't know really what whaling was about. Oh. This, this was the coal, this was the oil, this was the gas that was, that. this was the resource that lit the homes Yes. in in the country. Yes. And so many whales were killed to get the blubber so that there could be candles, etc. Yeah. But he wrote this huge book, and it's really a, an amazing book. And my question to you, 822 pages long, Yes. My question to you is, what's the purpose of this poem? What is the purpose of this poem? I think this poem does a couple of things. One, I think this poem sells the novel. Two... <laughs> Which, by the way, did not sell well in his day. No, it did not. It did not at all. And so I think this poem was part of his sort of like promotional tour. Right, and he was a whaler. He was a whaler. I also think this poem is a way of exploring this the American imagination. I mean, I was taught this book by an Americanist in my undergraduate like literary experience and so this novel and all of the things that came around it the the industry that it's about the experience the culture that it's about the language 
the 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 character the, the tension between the characters and this hunt for the white whale is the hunt for the american experience it is the hunt for success framed in a way that is mythical right like we did not have our own myth at this time and that's what uh, moby dick became and, and i don't want to spoil the end because i just want to remind everyone there's Captain Ahab, yes. who's named Ahab, remember? Yes. Wicked king of Israel. Yes. And there's so much biblical stuff in this book. Yes. Um, and one of my favorite moments is the sermon. Yes. By the person who cooks. Oh my. Oh my God, the sermon is unbelievable. People, read the book. Yes. Um, but getting back to this poem, this poem is almost a translation of chapter two. Yeah. It is his prayer. Well, and I wonder if I wonder if Melville was essentially like a student of Bible in this oh, he way. Totally was and was and was trying essentially to to be a student of Bible within his own framework of whaling and boat work and ship work. I wonder if this is his way of of entering that, of bringing that into this space. You know, there is a whole deal with translating anew the songs. Yeah, of course. So this actually rhymes. And yes. this last paragraph is, My song forever shall record that terrible, that joyful hour. I give glory to my God, his all the mercy and the power. Yes. I mean, I think this should be read in synagogue this year. I mean, I'm not the one speaking... I'd call Nidre, <laughs> but Ruby is. Well, no, I think that this is just a beautiful poem. And I think what the book gives us over, what the poem gives us over, and what the book of Yonah gives us over is the ocean is a fearsome experience. Being yes. Being a boat out in that ocean. Yes. And the majesty of the whale. You know, on one hand, the whale is... Really, it's a mystical experience to see whales in the water. Yes. It is truly mystical. I have seen all sorts of creatures out in the world, and it's like the first time every time. Oh, when it jumps up and it, what's it called? Breaching. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's an otherworldly experience. It is. But you and I have the luxury of saying that because we're not whalers. Yeah. When you're a whaler and you're trying to kill that whale... That and whale is the, trying the, to kill you. And the whale's fierce. And remember the scene where the, How, the whales yes. are attacking the boat? Yes. It's very, very scary. It and is. There is in other parts of the Tanakh discussion of huge fish, mm-hmm. Taninim, mm-hmm. And, and sea monsters. Yes. In the book of Psalms and in the book of Job. Yes. There's, there's a fear and perhaps what the book of Yonah does is have us deal with the fear. He swallowed, he spat out. The he whale lives. actually saves him. Yes, he, he lives. He lives because of the terrifying creature. And perhaps that's the great metaphor here of Yom Kippur. We live. We live. Because of the terrifying creature. We live despite. I mean, we kind of do. We yes. kind of do. We, we are forced to sit with ourselves. The way Yona is. We are forced to sit in a scary and dark place, metaphorically speaking. And and we come out of it alive. You know what? And there's a blind souffle waiting for us. Thank God. <laughs> uh, friends, there is a terror of Yom Kippur. Yes. It is called the Great and Awesome Day. Yes. And um, 
I think in a certain way we dread it and look forward to it at the same time. Yes. Because once it's over, it is over and it's a year till the next one. Yes. And it, it yeah. <laughs> the internal experience of Yom Kippur is deeply unsettling on so many levels. And to be made to sit with it is something that we don't love. And I I think Yona is made to sit with it in that way. Well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. The book is called Moby Dick or The Whale. The Whale. Or The Whale. And the poem's name is The Ribs and Terrors in the Whale. It's true. And he is trying to encapsulate this experience of Yona, which is kind of us. It is. It is very much us on Yom Kippur. And that Melville is speaking to the imagination of that experience. And I think it is, we should carry that with us into the day, especially when we read that in the afternoon at Mincha. It, we have, we're what, two-thirds of the day at that point? It is... We it's have, powerful. It's powerful. It is powerful, and it comes in a moment that we need that power. I think it's a raw moment. Yes. And we need a story, and we need to have, to live vicariously through Yona. Yes. Who is swallowed up by this whale, and by the way, at the end, things are still a little unresolved. No. Because that's life. No, and we're not going to feel that resolution until hours later. Yeah. Whether And sometimes that resolution is just that the day is over. Yes, the day is over. And we've gone through a cathartic um, we experience. We have. And I think Yona is all about that cathartic experience Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And, and he almost loses his life at the end because it's so hot. I mean, Are I almost lose my life. Year? Oh, God forbid. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I almost lose my life at the end of Yom Kippur, but I'm not someone who does well with that discomfort uh, for that long, shall yeah, we say. Yeah. Well, I hear you. Wishing you all a Gemar Tov. A meaningful And a meaningful fast. fast. Not an easy one. No, it shouldn't no. be easy. <laughs> no, it should be easy. It should be easy. It should be as easy as possible. Yes, it should be as easy as possible and meaningful. Yes. And, um, may we take, May we take the poem with us. May we take the poem with us. May we be continuously reminded of it and inspired yes. by Yona. Yes. Martov. Martov.